where I'm recording this, there are two little deer standing watching me. I'm going to turn my camera for a minute. This is probably not going to work, and it might make you sick to your stomach. I don't know if there's any way to do a close-up. <clears throat> I have no idea <laughs> what I was looking at right there, but um, what a gift. What an amazing world God made that there should be such creatures as deer of so much beauty, didn't have to make them. We have so much to be grateful for, and we're working on the gratitude channel. <laughs> gratitude channel. That would, that would actually not be a bad, you know, I'd, I'd sign up for that channel, I think. Lots of other channels doing much less worthy things. I think I'd, I think we ought to make a gratitude channel. But this is a gratitude challenge. We're learning how to be grateful. And I get to speak today uh, to you. But, you know, Francis of Assisi was quite famous in his day for loving God's creation so much, Father, Son, and Sister Moon, that he would sometimes preach the gospel to the animals. And today I get to preach the word of gratitude to a few little deer and to you. Somebody said that um, uh, to experience gratitude and not express it would be like wrapping up a gift and then never actually giving it to somebody. So today we're giving the gift. Today I want to talk to you about a form of expressing gratitude uh, that involves writing a gratitude letter. One of the more famous, uh, famous stories of gratitude in the Bible is a story from the Gospel of Luke. And here's what it says. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. How often are opportunities to experience gratitude and the goodness of God happen when we're on our way? This was not a scheduled appointment. This was not on his to-do list at the beginning of the day. He was just on his way and somebody needed something. Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance. As you may know, in those times in the ancient world, leprosy was considered a death sentence. It was not understood as we understand it in our day. It was thought to be highly contagious. And so once you were diagnosed with it, you were uh, condemned to quarantine yourself. And you could not go near anybody and you had to yell at them to stay away. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. It's striking he doesn't cleanse them first. And leprosy was considered such a defiling and stigmatized condition that alone, as far as I know, among those who were ill in the ancient world, in the biblical world, lepers were not said to be healed. They were said to be cleansed. They were unclean. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back. Now, notice his elaborate preparations to give thanks. Came back praising, not just praising, praising God. Not just praising God, praising God with his voice. Not just that, praising God in a loud voice. Actually, in the text it says, in a very loud voice. He threw himself 
at Jesus, not just at Jesus, but at Jesus' feet. That was the most humbling thing that you could do. And in the text, it actually, it says, he threw himself on his face. When you prostrate yourself on your face, that is a gesture of utter humility. And then at the climax of all this and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. He was one of them. He was an enemy. The least likely guy to act like this. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. And the verb he uses there is um, one of those ambiguous verbs. So, so it can mean to heal, cleanse, make physically well. It can also mean that you have been saved. So the idea today on the gratitude challenge is not just to feel, experience, see gratitude. It's to express it to another person. And the way to do this is to write down words to express your gratitude. I'll, I'll tell you about a couple of people. One I was able to think about more deeply after she had died. Her name was Betty Bergstrom. She was the mother of my friend Chuck and an extraordinary person who lived a life that by humanly standards would have been relatively obscure, lived in the same little house in Rockford, Illinois, pretty much her whole life. Uh, her husband suffered from uh, manic depression, what we would call bipolar in our day. And for most of those decades, this was before the discovery of lithiums or medications that thank God can make such a huge difference for this form of emotional illness. And so, as you might imagine, Carl's life uh, was often a living hell. And Betty was the one that had to hold the family together. And she did with an amazing combination of strength and poise and uh, a sense of humor that is difficult to describe. When, I, when Chuck and I became friends, it was at her house and she fixed us bean and ballpark soup. And that became kind of a sacramental meal for us because that was the beginning of our friendship. There would be times I would be over there and she would start laughing. She had a very earthy sense of humor, laughing so hard, tears coming down, snot running down her face, beet red. I saw her literally put a napkin over her face just to keep anybody from seeing what a mess it was because she was laughing so hard. And it made me think you might remember the book of Exodus when Moses is with God and then he comes away and his face is so radiant that he has to put a veil over it. And it was like with Betty, her capacity to laugh was the Shekinah glory. Wouldn't it be wonderful if, that, if that's the Shekinah glory, just the sheer joy of laughter? I don't know if I should tell this or not, but I will. When Carl, her husband, died, Chuck went back to the funeral and he realized he had forgotten to bring good formal shoes for the wedding, so he had to borrow some for the pastor. He left them in his mom's bedroom when he went back home because he was living in another state. And he checked with his mom to see if she had taken care of them. And she said, oh, yes, not a week after the husband died, the pastor's shoes were under the widow's bed. I thought that was one of the funniest things I have ever heard. That was Betty. And at her service, just to get to reflect on her life and to think of words of gratitude to be able to express was a great gift. The other person I want to tell you about uh, is a man named Max. And Max became a mentor. And uh, I knew him first when I was a student at Fuller Seminary. He was on the board there. He was a remarkably wise person. Uh, he wrote a book on leadership that became a bestseller. He led 
uh, Herman Miller for many years, and it was a not just a place of great craftsmanship, but a wonderful place to work for. He used to say, the first task of a leader is to define reality. The last task of a leader is to say thank you. And in between, to become a debtor and a servant. And over the years, both Nancy and I would have conversations, go to Mac sometimes when we had questions about work, but also about life, about parenting. I remember one time when we were um, with them, with Max and Esther and our kids, and our kids were running around and around and around their house. And Max said, you know, one rule we keep in mind is uh, nothing very good ever happens after midnight. Oh, that's useful. Um, Towards the end of Max's life, when he was ill, I read this idea about writing a gratitude letter. And so I thought, I'd like to do that for Max. And I spent a couple of weeks writing it and rewriting it and rewriting it. And he was quite ill at this time and was probably close to 90. And uh, eventually I flew to Chicago and then got in a car and drove out to Grand Rapids. And I had arranged to meet with Max and then said, and here's why I want to meet with you. I want to read for you this letter. And then I just read to him words about how grateful I was for his life. And uh, that's the that's the challenge for today is um, to write a letter of gratitude. So here's the instructions for it. And you can... Uh, you can actually do this on paper. I think it's a really good thing to do. You might want to deliver it to the person. Um, if you're just listening along and you're not doing journaling type stuff, you can just begin to do this in your mind right now. For various reasons, Robert Emmon Wright, we, we often don't express gratitude to those who deserve our thanks. We assume they know how much we appreciate them. We felt they were only doing their job, not realizing that this does not alleviate us of the need to let them know. We plan to, but somehow never got around to it. Too much time has passed and we feel embarrassed by our forgetfulness. So, in this activity, remember a time in your life when you were grateful for something that another person did for you. And then write a letter to that person. Teacher, mentor, coach, friend. It's up to you whether you send the letter or not. In the letter, describe specifically why you are grateful to this person how he or she affected your life, how often you reflect on his or her efforts. What did he or she do, and how does that still affect your life? This should be someone whom you have never properly taken the time to thank, and could be a parent, teacher, friend, relative, coach, or somebody else. You can compose it using whatever medium, stationary, uh, email, video, that you feel comfortable with. Spend at least 10 or 15 minutes on this. Your letter should be somewhere around 250 words. Whether or not you actually send it, imagine how reading the letter will make the recipient feel. It is a very good thing to give thanks. And what a gift words are that we can express thanksgiving, which we are learning to do. As Quig always said, we have a lot to be grateful for. Thanks for joining us. To receive the emails that go along with each video, visit becomenew.me slash subscribe. 
If you'd like a text alert whenever a new video is posted, text the word BECOME to the phone number 855-888-0444. You can send prayer requests to that number as well. To invite a friend, just share the link becomenew.me. We'll see you next time.